Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's Mr. At Eric Dalala. Well, I got a mister this week. A That's mister. nice. Yeah. I love a good mister. Phil, we're getting close to real football. Yes. Uh, roster cutdowns occurred a little bit earlier this week. Got the 53 now. It's always in a state of fluctuation here, but we got a pretty good idea of what this Broncos team is going to look like when they line up against the Giants in 10 days. Yeah, good good roster. George Payton's done a lot of good things, and Vic Fangio, I think, said it best the other day, Phil. He said, we've got more depth than we've had the last couple of years. Uh, they've been kind of retooling this roster, is the word Vic Fangio used, but finally at a point, this team can win. Yeah, exactly. So we got a, a great show in store for NZ Nation here. We'll talk about, you know, what is what it is exactly that George Payton has done. What influence has he had on this roster that maybe, you know, for the past 10 years it was John Elway and his personality kind of, you know, pressing the buttons here, making the 53. Now it's George Payton for the first time here. I'll talk about, you know, what areas ha- have the Broncos really changed this year. And then uh, maybe, you know, Eric, let's get into – this time of year, optimism. Everybody's so excited, but maybe some of the things they're excited about are an overreaction, not a not a overreaction. So maybe we'll throw out a couple of uh, claims here and then uh, get get each other's takes on that. It could be nice insurance adjusters, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Actuaries, some claims. Oh, yeah, exactly. We got risk assessment. You know, how are we feeling about everything? We'll we'll break it down. Could be nice. Could be really nice. And then, of course, we've got some voicemails. Always. We got we got two voicemails from the same guy talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Really, really pumped up about Teddy. Excited to play those for Neutral Zone Nation. Yes. As always, uh, send in your voicemails if you'd like to be a part of the show here. 707 Neutral. We'll play your voicemails at the end of every single show. Eric, there's another way. You know, some people... Maybe they don't feel comfortable picking up the phone. They don't want their voice to be heard. There's another way they can get involved. Yeah, that's right. Neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. I've heard, Phil, that's a really good place to leave an email. Yeah. You, know, you log on to your little computer, your tablet, your phone. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only way I to do it. I think those are the those only are ways. options. Yeah. You, you leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com, and we'll read it, Phil. Yeah. We will. Or you could get in touch directly with us uh, on Twitter, at Eric Dalala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH, non-traditional spellings, Eric. That's right. If you need to know how to spell my name, Phil, of course, check the Nine News tape. Oh, yeah, because were you? did you do something weird last game? I uh, I left my cozy little spot with my hot cocoa in the press box. <laughs> I like Must hot have cocoa been even, have been even in August, but I thought warm enough to go to yeah. the broadcast booth, help out our friend Steve Levy. Yeah. How was that? It was nice, but I, I think I'm going to stick with my day job. There's a lot of pressure there. I mean, Steve Levy does Monday Night Football. You know, it's a big production. If you, you know, give him the wrong info, you're done. Yeah, you're sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know some people, Steve. Yeah. No, a good friend of the show there, uh, Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. I'm sure it was fun hanging out there uh, in the Nine News booth. Yeah, great time. Great time. But happy to be back. Yeah. Kind of my normal responsibilities. Were you able to watch the game even? I mean, do you know what happened? <laughs> a little bit. I think the Broncos won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So you there you go. Eric with an A. You'll know it from uh, Nine News. That's Check right. out Steve Levy's Twitter account, too. You can that's, see that's something right. there, too. Yeah. Uh, also, you could just uh, leave a comment right there on the YouTube page if you're watching. We're coming to you from the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse. Smash that subscribe button, too, while you're at it. Yeah, it's it's right down here, and you just go, smash the subscribe button. We read all the comments. We do. I think somebody said that we need to get mic stands for in here. Oh, but, did they say that? Yeah, but, you know, we we need the arm workout. Yeah, and just some curls. Eric, while we were getting set up here, was doing some push-ups, you know. Sit-ups. Uh, 1,000 every day, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So. yeah. We like to stay in shape. We got to look good for NZ Nation. That's what's got to happen. Eric, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we threw out the notion that maybe the show might hit the road, may, might do uh, um, some in-person live stuff. Eric, we got something cooking, huh? We we do. Something something is in the kitchen. It's not on simmer, Phil. It's on its way to a rapid boil. Yeah. The oven is being preheated. Exactly. And pretty soon we just got to put the... The, the, the steak is being there. marinated. Yeah, that's the way to do you it. Know? Yep. And yep. you're going to take it out pretty soon. Yeah, we've got a big announcement coming soon. Can't, can't, can't share with you. Can't quite share the details yet because yeah. it's so big. It's it's so big. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think we can say that it might not be a one-time thing. That's true. It might be a thing for the season. As you know, after the first game here, we start doing two shows a week. That's right. Double. Two. Double the shows. Yeah. yeah, double the fill, double that's the because, air. That's because you need to know what's going on. Right. We have our shows on Monday. We recap the game, and then, of course, every Thursday we'll be right back here looking ahead. So stay tuned for, for an announcement. That Monday show, I really like that show. That's a nice show. That's uh, that We recap the, the game. We talk about what Vic Fangio said on Mondays. It's a nice show. That's a, that is a great show. It's Potential really to be nice better. Show. It could be even a could little be. bit better, so yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, maybe they'll even like announce the news on Nine News or so. It's like just so big, you know. NBC cut in, yeah. You know, special alert. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly, it's possible. Yeah, it could interrupt your your programming and say, "Okay, we've yeah. got breaking yeah. news." You're watching like um, yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Is that still on TV? I'm not sure. Big Bang I'm not Theory. sure. Survivor, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're Survivor. watching The Bachelorette? Yeah. Boom, there's Phil's face. Yeah, exactly. You're like, she's going to choose him? <laughs> Could be nice. Yeah. Could be nice. All right, Eric, uh, let's dive into our, our show here. First topic of conversation to talk about here is the initial 53 set here. Made a couple of adjustments uh, the next day, as uh, teams tend to do, but... What's the personality of this team? How how does this team look a little bit different than years past? Because George Payton now calling the shots. The 10 years prior, it was John Elway. Yeah, I think the main thing with George Payton, Phil, is that he's leaned into the strength of this team, which is defense. And so I believe when the initial 53 came out, there were 23 offensive players, 27 defensive players. Normally you seek a little bit of a closer uh a gap there between offense and defense. I think a couple times over the last few years, there's been more offensive players. You didn't keep a third quarterback in Brett Rippon. You went thin at wide receiver with only five of those guys. Um, offensive line, you went a little bit thin. Have since re-signed Cam Fleming, um, but you leaned into your defense, which I think George Payton recognizes that can be the identity of this football team: playing good defense, putting teams in positions where they have to throw the ball and take chances against your really good secondary. So that's one thing is leaning in and then special teams. I mean, a lot of teams around the league, they say, oh, we got to be good in all three phases. We got to devote the resources to special teams. George Payton has done it. There were, there were a couple instances on this 53 where 
somebody made the team or you made a roster claim, you know, a, a Jonas Griffith, for example, in a trade, you made those decisions purely for special teams. Uh, a Mike Ford from Detroit uh, coming in a defensive back, he's a guy, you're making that decision purely for special teams probably. And so we've seen it not be so good here in the preseason. George Payton knows it's got to be better. Vic Fangio knows it has to be better. And I think we saw that reflected in the roster moves, Phil, that they're going to be better at special teams or, or they're going to do their hardest to try at the very least. People always pay so much attention to offense and defense, but big chunks of field position, which could be really important for this Broncos team if uh, they lean into the defensive side, like you mentioned there. That happens on special teams. So you got to be pretty tight there. You know, uh, we saw Deontay Spencer, you know, return one and uh, really give a, a, a spark to the Broncos in that Panthers game last year. So when you're trying to play defensive football, being able to provide a spark, you know, with the return game is big. And then on the other side of it, being able to avoid giving up huge chunks of field position is crucial. Yeah, and I mean, if you're a good defensive football team and you can pin the other team inside the 15-yard line, inside the 10-yard line, then even if you give up a first down or two first downs, if you have to punt it away, the offense is getting the ball at the 40-yard line. You know, maybe yep. if you, you know, say you pin them down inside the 10, you get a three and out, you get the ball at the 50-yard line. I think it was, I think it might have been Wade Phillips who used to say that. We call those scoring opportunities for the defense when you've got the opposing offense inside the 10 because if you get the ball back at the 50 or the 40 or something, you're going to go down and, and get points. And so, you know, versus hey, you give up a big return there out to the 40-yard line, and now they only need 10, 15 yards to flip the field. Now your offense is down inside its yep. own 15. That can change a game. It's not like uh, it's not the glamorous way to win football games, you know, talking about the field position battle and all that. People want those 80-yard bombs. They want uh, bombs. They want big plays on defense. Activate picks. the caps. <laughs> exactly. Pick sixes, but... But, Phil, if you win the special teams battle, if you flip the field, if you keep them in their own half, most of the time you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, this Broncos defense is going to be really good when the opposing offense is limited in the number of plays they can call because they're backed up. That, the defense is going to be even better. So uh, something that you know was a big emphasis is, is the special teams portion of the game. Eric, one thing that kind of stuck out to me about this roster is just – how many of Peyton's guys made this team here? You know, eight of the ten draft picks. Um, we had a CFA make the team. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is now the quarterback. You know, uh, there have been some changes. You know, the revamped secondary here. Uh, this team definitely has a different feel to it than last year. Yeah, and I think if you look to, compared to some of the other teams in this division, the Broncos don't. They don't stand out as a team that's made all that many roster moves. I think that, you know, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, they've all made, they've all got about the same number of new guys. And that, that tends to happen here every year because of the, the, the way the NFL is set up. You've got to churn your roster. What stands out to me, Phil, is that a lot of the depth has been replaced. You know, there's, there's a few new starters. You know, especially in the secondary, um, we'll see if Javante Williams at some point becomes a starting running back. Obviously, there's a new right tackle, but for the most part, a lot of the starters are the same, but this depth is just a lot better, and I think the gap between your second-string guys and your first-string guys 
is a lot lower than it's been in the past. So, you know, at um, at center, for example, if Quinn Miners has to step in, if he ends up being the guy or if they slide Glasgow and, and Miners goes to guard, I, I think there's less of a drop-off than maybe there was in the past. Are you talking bad about Sir Lloyd no, Cushenberry, no. the third? It's bet It's more about the the guys below him. Javante Got Williams, for example. Yes. The, the, the gap between him and Melvin Gordon I don't think is big at all and, and speaks to how good both of those players can be. And so, so I, that's a shot at Philip Lindsay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just not going to deny that one. I'm just messing. Um, no, I mean, I think Javante Williams can be a better player than yes. Philip Lindsay. So, yes, the Broncos sorry. have upgraded in the running back room significantly. And, and I just think all around this team, what you, what you see is that the depth is so much better, and it has to be because there's a lot of NFL teams, Phil, that are they're they're starting 22, really good, really nice. What happens because it happens to every single team? It's going to happen to this team at some point. You know, you lose a couple guys a week, or you lose a couple guys for the season. Who can step in and not be, yeah. you know, just off drop off? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who can who can be close enough to your starting level play that you can continue to win football games? I mean, that you look yeah. back at twenty fifteen, Brock Osweiler played you need well a lot of guys that you yeah. won football games. That has to keep happening. I would say this Broncos team is way more athletic than it was last year. Yeah. You know, the speed uh, that was something that George Payton really talked about as being a priority. And I think that they've upgraded in a lot of different positions. You know, one guy who really stuck out to me, very limited play time, but Baron Browning, he is an athlete. Yeah, he's he's raw, Phil. Um, he missed some tackles there against the Rams, I thought. But you can tell he's, he's going got some to, speed. He's going to he's be a big. good player. Yeah, and, you know, Browning's one. Jamar Johnson is a guy that didn't get a lot of time during camp but kind of came on late. They definitely prioritize some of those guys that are still raw but – can be really good football players and I, I think Browning in particular he's a good example of a guy that can help you today as a depth piece but maybe can be a really big piece down the road and that every team has to talk about winning now and winning from now on um, I think they did a nice job balancing that and Phil maybe one guy we haven't talked about Teddy Bridgewater the, the decision at quarterback is just a fundamentally different one than the Broncos have gone with over the last couple of years I mean Drew Locke was kind of the the young guy, the up-and-coming, what can he be? Teddy is the veteran presence that you know you know what he's going to give you. I think he can still improve, but there's not kind of this um, the speed bumps with Teddy I don't think are going to be quite as drastic. And, and that is not just a choice of Teddy as a quarterback. It's a, it's a philosophical decision of we're going to go with Teddy who can be well, that veteran presence. A lot of people, speaking of what you were just talking about there, win now and then win from now on, a lot of people look at the Teddy decision and say, well, they just care about now. They are not. They don't care about the future. They just want to win right now, and that's why they chose Teddy. What do you say to that? Well, I think if Teddy shows that he can be the guy here, then you can continue to win from now on with him. But even if he's not the guy long term, say that he's the guy this year and, and maybe next year or for part of the year, Maybe you add a guy in a trade. Maybe you draft somebody. Who knows what happens? But I think part of winning from now on is getting the rest of this team used to winning. I mean, yeah. you have a lot. Justin Simmons, Vaughn Miller, and Brandon McManus are the only players on this team that have had a winning season in the NFL. That's it. I mean, I guess, you know, you talk about some of these additions from outside they have. But, yeah. but t- guys that were drafted here, n- nobody who's been drafted here has had a winning season outside of Vaughn and Justin Simmons because Brandon, of course, was acquired Via trade, I, I think it's important for guys like Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, Jerry Judy. Jerry Get Judy, a taste. I mean, Jerry Judy knows what it's like to win. Pat Sertan knows what it's like to win from Alabama. But you've got to do it week in, week out from the pro level. And so I think even you know, 
if you get to 10 and 7, 11 and 6, something like that, even if Teddy isn't the the MVP winner year in and year out, or he's the the franchise guy, quote unquote, there's still value to help you win in the future to have these guys get to a playoff game and, and experience what that's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that you can't just write off Teddy's future just because no. he's been in the league for a little bit now. So uh, definitely everything you hear about Teddy from the guys, they're really encouraged about the decision. And, you know, quite frankly, we'll probably see Drew at some point too. Well, I mean, you hope you don't because that yeah. means that Teddy is either hurt or not playing well. Yeah. So, you know, maybe realistically you expect to see Drew at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I'm planning – the way I look at it is right now I, I'm going to assume Teddy's going to play all 17 until I you see otherwise. So. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing about Teddy is that no one's seen him play with this roster in a regular season game. When he had a really talented receiving core, when he had a good defense in Minnesota, they went 11-5 and and made the playoffs, and that was just his second year in the league, I believe. Yeah. He, he played some good football in Carolina with a much worse roster. And so, you know, I, I get the hesitation with Teddy, and I don't, I don't want this to transform into just a, a Teddy conversation, but give him a couple games here with the Broncos to see what he can do with this roster before you just assume that he can't be the guy to lead you to the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think there was some pressure on Teddy last week going into that preseason game just because there's a was a big decision a couple of days prior to the game and then hey, you feel like maybe a little pressure on your shoulders to go out there and perform, you know, and live up to now I'm the starter. I thought maybe those first two series were a little bit bumpy, but it showed a sign of maturity, a sign of uh, the steady hand that Teddy has for him to come back out there on that third drive and lead a touchdown. Yeah, and I mean, even the first drive, which was a little bumpy, they still got a field goal out of it. So you got points out of it. Um, the 4.2-something uh, points per possession this this uh, preseason has been really good. I mean, the Packers last year led with 3 points something Obviously, you don't expect it to be that high when you're going against starters in the regular yeah. season. But I do think it's a good indication that they've they've moved the ball. They've only had to punt one time. Um, and you're right, to, to rebound, go get a touchdown, that to me showed, hey, he's not going to let things spiral. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's just sort of the mindset and that just sort of that veteran presence about him things don't just get out of control and you you can punt the ball it's okay to punt the ball what you can't do is you can't have three consecutive three and outs where your your defense is on the field now for a long time you can't have two three and outs fall behind by a touchdown and then throw a pick i mean those are the things that get you into trouble I feel better after watching that week three game about Teddy's ability to avoid that. And I was going to say, you know, once we get into a regular season, obviously they're going to be going against starters. They're going to be going against more complex defensive schemes. They're going to see some, you know, wrinkles that are going to be thrown at them. I think that's going to even improve Teddy, too, just because he's seen a lot of it. He knows where he wants to go with the ball pre-snap. Teddy is going to be... He's going to be better in games come the regular season than even what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to, you'd hope so. And the Broncos have, where Teddy really struggled last year was the red zone, and he kind of came out and said that's because we didn't practice it all that much. The Broncos have spent took a shot at the well at Carolina a little bit. The the Broncos (laughs) have practiced that plenty, and they were pretty good in the red zone during the preseason. So you'd like to see that continue. But yeah, I do think you're right. You're not going to be able to fool Teddy the same way that. You know, maybe Drew, as a young guy who's still learning things, might be surprised by a blitz. Or there, there are plenty of times last year Drew said, I, "I just didn't see that." Or you know, they threw something I wasn't quite ready for. That's going to happen with a young guy, and it's you know, you got to decide: is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Clearly, I, I do think you're right that 
that's part of the bonus of Teddy Bridgewater that we'll see when you get to week one. Not to get too much off topic here with this quarterback talk. Getting back to the George Payton things, though, I think that if you look at the at the starting lineup here, though, there is going to be some difference. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback here. The right tackle with Bobby Massey is a Teddy guy, or is a George guy. Javante, if he becomes the the primary running back, he did not play in that preseason finale, so that might tell you a little bit of something where the Broncos are right now. These are George Payton. Guys, the secondary, you know, Sertan, uh, Fuller, Darby, these are, are, are George guys. So I think that, you know, over time here, just since uh, he came in at the at the start of this year, he's really put his thumbprint on the roster. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what you expect him to do. I think, um, you know, he was active in the waiver wire, yep. made a couple of trades with Trinity Benson, Jonas Griffith. Um, you, you know, he, he's done kind of everything you expect him to do, which is leave no stone unturned, work really hard. Um, we've heard he's a grinder that he evaluates all the time. Watches what what t- is it that Vic said? He said he works his ass off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You like that? He's here, he was here past midnight, Phil. <laughs> you must have left at the same time as him, huh? Uh, they left a little earlier than me, but Got they it. were still here pretty late. Okay, yeah. yeah. You don't really ever leave. No. Technically. No. Yeah. Sleep at your desk. Well, that's, yeah. Got a little cot under there. Yeah. Some people have, like, a standing desk. I've got, like, yeah. a sleeping desk that <laughs> I flip it over. You can work and sleep at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I close my eyes. I keep typing, but I close yeah. my eyes for about 15 minutes at a time. Well, people who recharge. read your stories probably now it makes a lot more sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's good. You like that? Yeah. Pretty good. Okay. Let's uh, uh, move on here to uh, our, our next topic of conversation, and that's, are we overreacting a little bit to some of the optimism around here? We'll each throw out a, a statement here, and then you tell me if it's an overreaction or not. I like that. Are you ready? It, I mean, it is easy, I think, when you spend so much time around a team to be like, wow, they've got the best defense. they got the yeah, best blah, blah, buying blah. into you know, it. Yeah, you, you drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, so yeah. it's a chance to reset. We're going to temper expectations a little bit in some cases. In some cases, we might say, go wild. Yeah. You're right on target. It's just hard because, you know, uh, the past couple of years haven't gone the way the Broncos expected. They have not won a, a September game under Vic Fangio. So I think that uh, it's it's just hard to get too excited, especially when you consider the division. There's a lot of hype surrounding Justin Herbert heading into his second year. Of course, we know what the Chiefs are and everything. We'll see what the Raiders are like. But right now, a lot of teams are excited. Yeah. So let's. Uh, let, I'll throw out a first statement here, Eric. Okay. You tell me if it's an overreaction or not. Okay. The Broncos will win twelve games this season. <laughs> oh, you're just starting. You're yeah. Right I'm from jumping the top. right in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's an overreaction. Okay. It's hard to win in this league, and I, I think that fans maybe are sometimes unaware of how difficult it is week in and week out. How many things can kind of go against you? You know, you lose a player here, you lose a player there something just doesn't go right with an an exchange or you know it's just so easy to kind of get behind it and I also think the gap between nine wins or 10 wins or 11 wins a lot of teams can win I'm talking old 16 game schedule a lot of teams can win eight games nine games it's really hard I think to get to that that 10 win Mm. mark because you know you've got to win essentially what two out of every three games essentially to get there um, and so when you when you talk about twelve wins for this team, twelve and five, that's probably the you know it's close to the equivalent of eleven and five in the past. 
I just think you look at two games against the Chiefs, two games against the Chargers, a Thursday night game against the Browns, on the road against the Cowboys, uh, on the road against the Raiders, on the road against the Steelers, home against the Ravens. Not to say you're not going to win any of those, because I do think you can steal a few of those, but there's just, I think, where this team is at right now, until they prove it, I think there's too much um, to get to 12. Okay. Now, if you if you okay. even had said 11... I could have talked. I could have talked myself nah, I like into 12. it. But twelve, uh, yeah, twelve. 12 is what uh, I'm talking about. I think Phil, we covered the uh, the Mizell Institute. Mizell. Mizell Institute. Apologies. Mizell Institute's uh, presentation of the Community Enrichment Award to Joe Ellis the other night, and uh, I believe it was uh, John Le- John Hickenlooper said, he said 12. twelve and five. Yeah, yeah Senator John Hickenlooper. Yeah. yeah. So he he yeah. knows. So he he, does. he inspired He's got that question. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. You got a statement yeah, for my, me here. Mine's more granular here. Oh, okay. Uh, Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. based on what he showed against the Rams, he's going to be back to a Pro Bowl type player. Ooh, interesting. What, so you're saying Pro Bowl type player, or Pro will Bowl. he make the Pro will Bowl? Will he make the Pro Bowl? Um, I'm going to say that's an overreaction. Oh, I think. Wow. Uh, Sorry, I, Cortland. Yeah, not that I don't think he could make it. I'm not trying to hit here. I'm just, what I'm saying is I think the Broncos maybe have too many offensive weapons for him to get the numbers to make the Pro Bowl again. Although, granted, once you've made one Pro Bowl and you're on the radar, it's a lot easier to continue making Pro Bowls. But I just feel like Jerry Judy is going to be the primary. He's going to put up the bigger numbers, I think. So you think Jerry That's Judy what makes I think. the Pro Bowl? I think Jerry Judy has a chance to make the Pro okay. Bowl better than Corlin Sutton. Although... Cortland looks like Cortland Sutton again. I mean, he had that defender on skates the other night that went everywhere on Twitter. I do think that Cortland looks very good. His route running is improved, it seems like to me, uh, just because in the past, Cortland Sutton's been that guy where he just high points the ball. He's so big, he can box out guys. He has the basketball background. He's going to be a red zone threat. But now if he can become that better route runner, maybe a little bit improved speed here and there, he could he, he could be better than he was that Pro Bowl season, but still maybe not make it this year. Yeah, no, I, I still want to see him, like you said, just go up and get a place. I still want to see him make one of those. Of course. I yep. want to see him do this against first-string defenders. And then the other thing, I just want to see how things work with Teddy running the offense because Part of what Drew did, Drew just really trusted Cortland Sutton out there and would just kind of throw bombs. He would just throw it up to Cortland, and Cortland would catch it, and it would be great, and everyone would go, yay. Yeah, and he'd jump into the stands. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mems. We got good mems. Good mems. I I just want to see with Teddy, is there a way to get him involved that's not just those deep shots, or does Teddy take one or two of those each time to to, uh, Cortland to, to make it worth it? I mean... I do think there's this narrative that Teddy doesn't throw the ball deep. I mean, we no, he, we th- we saw him in Minnesota throw a deep shot to KJ Hamler that connected for a 50 yard score or something like that. So he can do it. I just I want to see it before I'm like Cortland to the Pro Bowl guaranteed. You mean in the practices? What did I say? Oh, well, you said in Minnesota. Most people Correct. might think that Sorry. you mean the game, and I was like, that was actually true. In practice, who threw the bomb to get? I meant in practices. Yeah, yeah. we did see that. Yeah. I think that one thing that uh, has really been maybe not reported enough is the way that Teddy has really um, sort of won over a lot of his teammates here. He comes into a sort of a, 
I don't want to say awkward situation, but you kind of have to feel your where where you stand, you know, type of thing. You know, Drew's been the guy here the last couple of years, and you don't want to overstep. But I think he's done a really great job of like becoming friends with a lot of these guys. I think that they really value his veteran, you know, presence, and he's done a really good job becoming that leader. And I think that that is only going to continue to grow here as uh, he steps into this starting role. Erica, let's keep it on that that theme here von miller will have 13 sacks next season oh, this wow. season 13 sacks it's a lot of sacks it's a lot of sacks i mean in 2018 with bradley i think von had 14 right i think so that's right, yeah. you're almost getting back to that i'm gonna say it's an overreaction just because i'm not quite Vaughn looked great, I thought, against the Rams for what you could expect. He and Bradley were both off the line. You know, there was one play where the offensive line hadn't moved yet. The defensive line hadn't moved. Vaughn and Bradley were two steps into the backfield already. I mean, those guys look ready to go. It looked like they were offsides. But they weren't. No. The ball was moving. Yeah. It was, but, I mean, just as well-timed as it could be. Um, I thought Vaughn looked good in the run game. He still got that quickness, so... I think he can be really good, but my my hesitation there is kind of like you with Judy and Sutton. I think Bradley is just going to mm. be really impressive and might. Vaughn said this in one of his pressers. I got to be a little bit faster because Bradley's a half second faster. He's going to get there. He's going to steal some sacks. I think Bradley might steal a few, but I do think both of those guys, based on what I saw against the Rams, ten sacks for each of them at least, double digit. I would I would say that's not an overreaction, but thirteen maybe is. Again, quite right on the edge of you're good. You you could do well in uh, Vegas here, where <laughs> the over under set the huh? line. Yeah. yeah, I I don't think it's an overreaction. I'm by, I'm on the Von Miller hype okay. train. You the reason why you know in this show sometimes you bring some of the analysis. I bring the emotional element, yeah. Yeah. Eric. I I could feel it with Von. And the last time Vaughn was going into one of these seasons where there's some doubters, what's his future going to look like? It was the final year of his contract. The Broncos went on to win Super Bowl 50, and he was the MVP. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I do think that Vaughn brings a different element when he's being doubted. When when uh, they're saying he's too old, he's he's in the final year of his contract, he's coming off the injury. This has got the making to be a special season, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll make a movie about it. Maybe, you know, maybe could they could make a movie. You could narrate you know, it. He's got his son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll have to go real deep and be like, everybody was doubting Von Miller, but he had something special in store for the haters. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be say nice. w- with Von to get to thirteen. Something that's plagued him a little bit the last few years is that the final four or five games, he goes a little bit quiet. Ooh, yeah. We've, we Turned saw down that the speakers. In, we saw that in 2016, 2017, yep. 2018, 2019. I mean, it's really it's happened quite a bit here over the, the final. Well, what do you think about this? Do you think that maybe that's because at that point in the year, the Broncos were sort of out of it? They weren't like, you know, it wasn't like, hey, if we win this game, uh, we're going to the playoffs, that kind of so thing. So motivation thing, you think? Well, I'm saying, like, if the team is really good and you're kind of, like, up there, you know, and, you, and you're saying, okay, we win this game, we're going to the playoffs, I think then maybe we'll uh, it'll be a different story. Maybe. You'd like to think he would play with the same level of enthusiasm regardless of what the record is. You just need a little more. Okay. A little bit more. Crank it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got another statement? Yeah, mine's this one. I'm going a little, going macro Big, here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
based on the Broncos' September struggles, Phil, week one is a must-win if you want to make the playoffs. Ooh. That's the Giants I was kind of I was kind of going – I was I had my next statement was going to be kind of like that. But, oh, sorry. Um, a must-win to make the playoffs. Yeah. Huh? I do think the Broncos will be playing – like with with the razor thin margin for playoffs this year, you know, like they can't they can't drop a lot of games that they're supposed to win, and I do think that the Broncos should beat the Giants. Like just on paper, I do think that they should be able to do that. But you're going on the road. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of an emotional element to that game, just because mm. New York City is a day after. Uh, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So I do think there is going to be there is going to be an emotional element here in, on the road in New York. Uh, I do think that this is a must win to make the playoffs though. They they I do think that the the Giants are going to play better than maybe people expect. I think that their defense is pretty legitimate, but I think the Broncos do need to win this game if they want to make the playoffs. I mean, they just they've got to beat teams that they're supposed to beat and uh th- I that's in that column for me. Yeah. That's no, not an overreaction. Yeah, I don't think it's an overreaction either. You yeah. know, and we'll still do the podcast if they lose the game, but uh, I might not get out of bed. Yeah, that's true. But no, I, I think one there's several reasons because you've been so terrible in September the last two years. You need a win just to kind of get that taste out of everyone's mouth. Yeah. To, to convince people this is going to be different. Everyone is very you know they're excited around here. It feels different. But if you lose week one, it goes right back to the gosh we're in another negativity hole. town. This team has not been Phil above 500 since I believe or yeah not been above 500 since they played the Chiefs on October 1st in 2018. Okay, we're going to need a fact check. No, that is that's, okay. that's true. That's a, okay. Almost three full years since this team has been over five hundred. I mean, you just need to. You can't start in a hole again because yeah. then you're just you're chasing the whole way. So that's part of it. I think it's like the emotional element of it is just like you need some good news around here to build off, to good momentum to build off. The, the second part is that the Giants are a team that if you can't beat teams like the Giants, it's probably indicative you're not going to make the playoffs because. This team is probably not going to have either not going to have Saquon Barkley or Saquon Barkley is not going to be a limited, full, yeah, or limited. Um, the offensive line there, for, by all accounts, is just kind of a mess at the moment. Andrew Thomas, the former fourth pick, is just what about a, uh, Kenny Galladay though. You're a big Kenny Galladay guy. He's going to be a challenge, but He's you have the secondary to handle it. I think you're going to be able to to get after Daniel Jones a little bit. And yeah, that defense is good. That's where I think a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, as a vet, can help you. Maybe you don't light up the scoreboard, but I. I think absolutely, and you know we'll talk about this a ton more next week. But you have to win that Gotta game win to set the tone, both emotionally and for what it means the rest of the year. I was going to say. So my next statement was going to be the Broncos will go three and one to start the season, um, but but I'll change it a little bit. Not an overreaction. I, I'll, I'll, I'll change it a little bit. I'll say four and zero. Going three and zero in the preseason is a big deal. It's a big deal. Overreaction or no? Uh, I'm I'm torn here because I do think the like emotional thing about um, you know getting used to winning is important. I, I think it's still an overreaction. I think what's not an overreaction is the fact that the defense went out there and looked so good. The fact that Teddy Bridgewater went out there and led the offense effectively. That's not an overreaction, even though it was against backups. I do think that that's that's a really good sign, but. It, 
if the Rams had scored, for example, on that final drive, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any sort of impact on the overall landscape of this thing. So I think it's good that, and not an overreaction, that your starting unit went out and performed well each week. But as far as the overall record, if you go 0-1, the 3-0 doesn't matter at all. Got it. Got it. Okay, yeah. I mean, a few years ago, the Broncos went 4-0 and in the preseason. It didn't matter. But right. it did help them get off to a better start. I believe they won the first two games that season uh, uh, with Vance Joseph as the head coach there uh, with Case Keenum. But I'll, I'll just say this. A couple of years ago, 2013, the Broncos went to Seattle in the preseason, and they got blown out. And I remember a lot of people around here were really upset by that performance. And it wasn't necessarily the final score or the result that really mattered. It was more the mindset. You know, like they just went there and they lost. That's not in this. They had, that team had Super Bowl aspirations. You don't do that. You don't just like show up and not really play. I think that the fact that the Broncos went to Minnesota, blew them out, went to Seattle, blew them out. It just shows that there's maybe a different vibe around here, and that to me is a big deal. And that resulted in three and zero. So, uh, on, on one hand, obviously the results don't matter, but the fact that they went three and zero, the positivity around here is through the roof. I'm going to say not an overreaction. Okay. So that, I've already, that's I've already forgotten about the preseason. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on to week one. Okay, fine. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Do you have one more for me here, or you got? Yeah, I had a li- whole list for you, Phil. Oh my goodness! Pat Sertan is a defensive should be the defensive rookie of the year favorite. Oh, favorite. Um, yeah, I think that that's <laughs> not, that's not an overreaction. I, I I could buy into that. The other guy I think of is like Micah Parsons, just because uh, he also had a pretty good preseason down there. Saw him a bunch on hard knocks. Uh, the Cowboys are going to be in prime time a lot. A lot of people are going to be watching his games. But I do think that Sertan, the pick six, everything you're hearing about him. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. A lot of times when we're uh, uh, after practice, you talk to like uh, guys like Jerry Judy or Corlin Sutton, Von Miller, maybe you're, the teammates. They kind of hype them up a little bit the way they've been talking about him. And I'm like, OK, you know, like uh, that's interesting to me, you know, uh, uh, but I expect teammates to sort of uh, build their teammates up. But what stood out was when uh, Keep Tlaib, I talked to him uh, before the game against the Rams. Plug. He was at, yeah, you can find that interview on DenverBroncos.com. You could also uh, find it right here on the YouTube page. That could be nice. Yeah, you can find it in a lot of places. Yeah. But he said that he really likes what he's seen from Pat Sertan. He said that when you look at DBs, it's all about their angles. How do they break on the ball? Where are they coming from? You know, at that moment of contact, What's the angle? And uh, Talib said that you could tell Sertan grew up around football. A lot of natural, you know, tendencies here. It's his, it's instinctual for him. And the fact that Talib, you know, a former All-Pro uh, cornerback, said that about Sertan, now I'm buying the hype. Not an overreaction. I actually, you know, you talk about not teammates saying something. I think how uh, strongly Vic Fangio has talked about mm, Pat Sertan. Which Fangio does not like to hand out comments. When you get a compliment from Vic Fangio. It's you, a big it's deal. It's a big deal. You know you've done something right. And he's just spoken really highly of Pat Sertan. Everything he's been able to do hasn't really tried to dial down expectations. Like, oh, he's just a rookie. We'll see what he can do. 
he's been like, no, he's played all over the field. He's picked this up better than any rookie I've ever seen. I mean, that's that's high, high praise from Vic. Um, and I think the way they're going to use Pat, getting him on the field, whether it's in dime as a linebacker, in the slot, an outside corner, however it ends up being, he's going to have opportunities to make plays. We've seen that he's a uh, a natural playmaker, that he knows how to study film and, and learn these routes. He's it, a smooth operator, too. He is. And, and I also think the other element of it is, I would say J.C. Horn and maybe Micah Parsons are kind of the other two guys that really stand out as competition for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Carolina might not be a great team, and so um, teams might run the ball against them. I, I think Denver is going to be good enough that, especially if you get up, teams are going to have to throw the football with the pass rush. Quarterbacks might have to get rid of it. Excuse me. Sorry. A little bit early. <laughs> Sorry. And then Pat can go ahead and make those plays, and you know you don't you don't have to have. 10 interceptions to be rookie of the year if he gets no two or three and makes a couple big plays that could be enough to tilt it in his favor the only thing i'm just n- nervous about is just that the broncos only have one primetime game so like oh. unless they get flexed into something i'm not sure how much of the country is going to be seeing sertan play live but if he's making plays and highlights they're going to be everywhere uh if so this you, broncos team is good maybe they'll get flexed in you're but already I do think that pointing to some bias here I'm just saying there, that Preemptive. award is a little political. Yeah. You know, there's a little. Like Offensive Rookie of the Year last yes. year. Very political. Yeah. A quarterback is the most important position on the field. It makes sense for a quarterback. Average to quarterback that. better a, than Pro Bowl receiver. It's, a, it's an According important position. Voters. You know, it's an important position. It doesn't make sense to me, yeah. but so, I don't have a vote. So maybe if Micah Parsons is doing the same thing and has the same type of season as Sertan, but he's on prime time all the time, I'm just nervous a little about that. Yeah. But I do think that if you make enough plays, if you're in the end zone celebrating with the, with your teammates after a pick six, that's all that matters. I heard that uh, they were going to actually give Justin Herbert this year's Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Just because he's a quarterback, so it's well, impressive. I heard maybe because of that hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good enough That's true. to also win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you done with statements, I'm done. or I'm you done. got any I'm more done. statements? I'm done. Are you sure you don't I'm want done. one more? I'm you done. want something like with Teddy, or no? You're good? We talked about We talked all okay, about Okay, we Teddy. talked about Teddy. Yeah. Okay. Should we get to uh, voicemails? Yeah, we should. Okay, let's get to our voicemail section of the program. And this guy, big fan of Teddy Bridgewater. Hey guys, um, I just want to chime in on the quarterback situation. You know, um, being that I went to the University of Louisville, I've been honestly following Teddy Bridgewater since like Rivals.com in high school. Um, I mean, it is a sure thing if they stay healthy that they're going to the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, it's 100% fact. I mean, he completes pretty much career wise, like 70% of his passes. He's a football player. Drew Locke is a starter in the NFL for sure. But Teddy Bridgewater is a playoff quarterback and with the right team and right talent around him can go deep into the playoffs. And that's why he's in that division. There's no coincidence. It's a quarterback driven and all you guys needed was a quarterback and you got Teddy Bridgewater. If he stays healthy and the team stays healthy, it's going to be a beautiful season. Thank you. Eric, it's going to be a beautiful season. I like the way this guy talks. Just a fact. Yeah. They're going to go deep. I like, you know, the emphasis. I really like the way. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He's like, Teddy Bridgewater is a football player. He's a football player. I like that. I am a little confused. He said Louisville. Pretty sure it's Louisville. Lowell. Lowell. 
You gotta have a little molasses in the mouth. Yeah. Lol. Louisville. Yeah. You're insulting them. I'm just no. saying it properly. Lol. I'm not insulting anyway. That's how you say it. Eric, that's how you say it. I'll get confirmation from Louisville. Teddy later today, okay? Um he was pretty fired up, wasn't he? He was. He was not done. <laughs> Hello, um hi, my name is AJ again and I left a message about Teddy um Bridgewater, but again, I've been following him for a long time. This dude is a winner. When you, the fans that wanted to go with Drew Locke don't know this stat show that Teddy Bridgewater's a, a better quarterback. So I don't know. And people talk about potential and all that stuff too. Teddy has been hurt. He's still like in the time of his career, and he's been to the playoffs. If Blair Walsh didn't miss a twenty like three yard field goal, they would have they would have kept going on in the playoffs. Like he can win. He's won his whole life. He's a gamer. It's not even debatable, in my opinion, on who should have been the starter. Drew Locke is good, but they brought Teddy. It's the GM that drafted him in Minnesota is now with the Broncos. All right, they know that Teddy Bridgewater has the talent to do it. Like he, when, it, when people say that Drew Locke has a bigger arm, all this stuff, yeah, that might be true. But Teddy is way more consistent, and like Teddy can throw dimes. That's what people don't seem to understand. Like, he's an actual, like, good quarterback. He, he, and he puts the ball in space so that people can just make plays after. Like, he knows the offense. It's just really refreshing that the coaching staff honestly picked the right person. Like, I'm not even at training camp, and I know who should, who should start. So it's really – and sometimes you don't see that when, you know, and these guys are head football coaches, and they need to make the right decision. Regarding football decisions, so I'm really glad that they gave Teddy Bridgewater the starting job. Like, 100% makes sense. And now, now you got and he can he can win a Super Bowl. He almost beat Kansas City with a beat like a with no like McCaffrey played that game, but he like the whole season last year they just didn't finish. Like Carolina just didn't finish. Basically, they had like eight times where they should have won the game. So I mean. He's got to get better in the red zone, and he's got to make plays and finish, but he will. Like, he definitely can. He's got the talent around him now. And, again, it's just really good to see. Thanks. Eric, I need more voicemails in my life like that. Yeah, I like how EJ, he left one in support of Teddy Bridgewater, and then I, I like to picture him in Louisville saying, you know what, that wasn't enough. Yeah. I'm going to call back in. Uh, those guys, they, I don't think they got it from the first one. Yeah. I need a call back. I'm going to bash Carolina. He, Teddy Bridgewater throws dimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he he makes it, some good points. Yes, though, I think you know. He does I, make I do some good think points. that uh, people are just assuming Teddy is going to be who he was last year. It's not necessarily a fair assumption in my mind. So, uh, Eric, yeah. I love that voice. I love those voice bills. AJ, he he's not straight to the top. He's not even at training camp, but he knew Teddy yeah, was yeah, the right yeah, guy. I like that part. <laughs> and, yeah, and, I haven't been there, but I know. And the other thing he said was, "These are head coaches." <laughs> Making these decisions, yeah. so yeah. Uh, I it love sounds it. like you're making fun of him a little bit. <laughs> no, I agree no, no. with a lot of what no, he says. I, I do too. That that uh, Carolina, the roster, not quite as many playmakers as the Broncos. AJ, they I were close. You. They were close in a lot of games. Didn't finish. He brought up some good points. Yeah, and it's nice to hear from somebody who's a Teddy fan and who who speaks like that. I mean, this that's our cue now. If if this team starts two and zero. There's going to be a lot of Teddy fans for that. I want more voicemail. In case you're wondering and you're like, maybe I should leave a voicemail, I want it to sound like that. Yeah. That's how you get on. That's true. That's how you get on the show. You know who else gets on the show? 
Jeff Flanagan. Jeff Flanagan, yeah, that that oh, is true. Jeff sorry. Flanagan, big fan. Big fan of the show. Of course, Jeff Flanagan gets on. I was thinking Tom Agnetti. Yes. I would love it if you guys could give me some insight and tips on how to make a perfect game day weekend. Is it uh, where do I park? Where do I sit? Where do I go to uh, tailgate? All those things. Uh, it's on Halloween, so... I want to go all in. I'm probably going to have to paint up this uh, bald head with the old D uniform. My wife's a little horrified about that concept, but we'll see. Anyway, in all seriousness, thank you very much for all the insight that you do provide. I don't know if you guys get thanked enough because as an out-of-town fan, I, I just can't believe how much information I've been able to uh, ascertain from you guys uh, the last couple of years. So thank you again. All right, Eric, uh, you got some advice here for Tom Agnetti? Yeah, Tom, we look forward to you coming out here. I start every game day at the Casa de Milani. <laughs> it whips me up some nice pancakes. Yeah, some I espresso. Over there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's a. I think you got to try your best to, to do the tailgate scene ahead of time. I think time. so. I try to not drink ahead of the games. Yeah. I try to be ready to go. Again, this has not been great for your uh, – like you sleep while you write, you drink it at games now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, oh, God, games. okay. Yeah. No, but if yeah. uh, if Neutral Zonation, if you uh, if you have a tailgate that Tom could be yeah. welcome at to, to celebrate his 50th birthday, first yes. home game ever yeah. for the Broncos, shoot us an email at neutralzoneshow yes. at gmail.com. We'll pass it along to Tom. But It's going to be Halloween. His wife is a Washington football team fan. He went out to that game, uh, I believe it was Christmas Eve a couple of years ago. Yeah, the Broncos game. lost in Washington there. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins was a quarterback for Washington. It there. was uh, Kirk. Kirk. But you like that? Versus, uh, I think Tom said he thought it was Trevor Simeon, if I yeah, was Yeah. It was uh, Case Keenum. Oh, was it Keenum? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Broncos lost that game. It was kind of a drizzly I day. Believe. Yeah, it was, I think it was Case. Was it Keenum? I don't know. I thought it, was, it might have been Simeon. That's your favorite quarterback. You should know That's these true. things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So good game day. Out. It's Halloween, so maybe things might be a little bit different. But I would say get to the game like maybe three hours early. Park in any lot. It's not like there's one lot that really is particular. Um, maybe maybe you go downtown. Phil likes lot J. So, that's where I yeah right up front. I actually usually just drive right into the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Security stopped me last time. I don't know why. I gotta talk to him about that, um, but I don't think there's any lot. You you know, go out there, you play some cornhole, throw the football around a little bit. Maybe there's some guys barbecuing. Uh, you know, the the smell, the vibe, the scene is back to what we're used to here for football. You know, with no fans last year, just had a weird vibe walking into the games. But now, feels like football. You know, and uh, that's what I would say. Maybe go out, go out downtown, get breakfast first. You know, and then head over to the game early. Maybe some some people are watching those early games. They got to set up. They got an RV or something like that. Yeah. And then I check out the Legends Mall area. You know, you can see all the Ring of Fame Plaza, the statue of Mr. B's out there. Hopefully, in late October, the weather's nice. Although it usually rains on Halloween, so oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one other thing to note, Tom, if you're going to be at a game Sunday, could potentially line up with. Some big news that we can't announce yet for the neutral zone. Oh, yeah. But that is maybe true. just keep that uh, in your yeah, mind. But he's going to be there on Sunday. He's not going to be there the next day. 
what's happening the next day. I, I can't really talk. Well, about what it. if you what if he was going to be there? If you wanted to stick around, you mean get a flight a little Tuesday. bit later? Yeah, that could be. You could could, could be, be nice. Interesting. You could also. We, I don't know well, why, but well, you want to get in. I think the stadium when the time the gates open ninety minutes before kickoff. I think sure. Uh, there's fireworks that go off. It scares me every single year. Yeah, you're, but yeah, you if cry. you head into the game, you could walk and uh, maybe you could say hello. We'll be down on the field. So we'll be down there. Yeah. You'll see us there. Yep. One more. Oh, you got one. Brock Osweiler was the quarterback in that game. Brock Osweiler. Fact check. Yeah. Okay. We well, still need a fact check on your, what was that, 2018 no, that's, set? Yeah, that's correct. Know. Okay, yeah. Um, one more email to get to is Brandon from Iowa. And my gosh, do we look absolutely ready. I will say I watched some highlights. I was a little jealous I couldn't watch it, but uh, I think that uh, we are ready to rock. Drew and Teddy both look great. I enjoyed the... The comeback, bounce-back performance by Teddy. I got to see some Hawkeyes play. So I am stoked and ready for everything to get started. Bob Miller, Cortland Sutton get some highlights as well. So let's just say we're ready to go week one, baby. Let's go. Brandon, I love that enthusiasm. Fired up for week one. You're like Eric here. Your sights are already on week one in the Giants. I'm, I'm in, the, in the moment, Eric. This is a transition week. Next week I'll be fired up for week one. Oh, you get the you get the extra few days here now. You got to oh, turn the page a little bit earlier. You got to start. You know, we talked about preheating the oven earlier. Yeah, this you want to do it slowly. Slow Maybe this is like a little crockpot situation. Oh, slow cooker. Nice. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Low and slow. Yeah, you gotta you gotta start getting ready though because we're gonna yeah. hit the ground running next week. That's true. A lot of content. Yep. It's gonna be and exciting. Then, uh, then it starts. Yes, and then we're off and running. Big big uh, big week one. I can speak English. Yes. Okay. Big week one game here uh, uh, against the New York Giants. Eric, how do people leave a voicemail if they want to? If they want to be on those? Well, they could leave one at seven zero seven neutral. That could be Got a it. nice way. Okay. Or they could write leave an email. That's right. Neutralzoneshow at gmail dot com. Okay. Both options. Got it. Or or just uh, hit us up on Twitter. That's right. At Eric Talala with an A. At Phil Milani with a PH. Non-traditional spelling. Yes, Got important it. to remember that. Or just leave a comment on YouTube. I read all of them. We do. Most of them are about my hair. Yeah, we like that. And I like that. Yeah. Actually, your hair has been getting some comments recently. Yeah. You got that fresh cut last yeah. week. Yeah. Looking good. We got a. We keep getting comments about the neutral zone infraction. We got oh, yeah. a, I, I don't know if that's from somebody Tom or not. T- yeah, somebody wants a segment. Yeah. Neutral well, zone Well, maybe we'll try to maybe. work that into one of our yeah. new shows. You know what we need is like a referee in the game to say that. Yeah. And then we like, could play that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neutral zone infraction, number, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm number one in number your heart. One. Well, you can't. Uh, can you be on defense and, and have a little neutral zone infraction? Yes. Defense? Yeah. And you could be any number now, huh? Yeah. Is that right? Uh huh. But it's like, it's not like um, there's a lot of number ones who are getting neutral zone infractions. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think defensive linemen can wear one now. Can they? I think so. I miss that. I miss that. I want to see number one on a defense alignment. Yeah. Could be nice. Um, yeah. What were we saying? Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Get in touch with the show. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Liz Gerald. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Leave a YouTube comment, and uh, we'll also comment on that, especially if it's about Eric's hair. Eric, uh, let's get to the shout outs. You, you already started it off. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Liz Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a shout-out to Joe Ellis, received the Meisel yes. Award for Community Enrichment. Yes. It's a uh, nice little 
Peyton was Manning nice. was there. John Elway was there. Yeah, some Colorado dignitaries. Um, yeah, John Lin- John Hickenlooper was there. John Michael- Lynch, that's not true. No, John Hickenlooper. Yeah, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Michael uh, Hancock. Jared Polis. Yep. Yeah, the governor of Colorado. Yep. So yeah, it was a big there. deal. They did a lot of um, the first half of the program was the 20th anniversary of 9/11. They had a, a, a nice procession, really a nice program, pretty touching there for first responders, and I, I thought that was nice. The second half of the program about the Broncos' role in the community, and as Joe Ellis tends to do, he makes it not about him. He's like, this is about the team. It's a team award. Highlighted several employees, including Liz Gerald's. Uh, so I thought that was nice. It was nice. Yeah, and you're, you're right. The, all the credit went somewhere else from yeah. Joe. So. He always does that. Yeah. But you know what? Joe has done a really nice job. Yeah. He was he, put in a tough position there, everything with Mr. B transitioning here. And um, we'll see. He wants to see the transition of ownership through, and then that's it. He's going to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. He told Mike Cliss he would take a bow for him. Yeah. Could be nice. Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Any other shout-outs, Eric? Uh, I thought it was nice that uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, oh, he, yeah. he gave a shout-out to the city of New Orleans, of course, going through a lot here with Hurricane Ida. That's now made its way up to the northeast and now affecting so many people with flooding and everything. So we're thinking about everybody who's uh, uh, no been doubt. affected by Hurricane Ida. Hopefully uh, Tom Magnetti in Delaware is doing okay. Yes, that is true. Yeah, make yep. sure that NZ yep. Nation takes care of itself. Yep. It's it's a, a crazy time. You got fires in the in the west. You got the flooding down south and, and in the northeast. The whole country being affected by uh, some unusual weather patterns right now. Sadly, maybe not unusual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. not that unusual. Yeah. Exactly. So, hopefully, everybody's staying safe out there. Eric, anything else you want to touch on here? I don't think so. I'm excited okay. to get to a game week, Phil. Let's yeah, go. Exactly. And stay tuned. Maybe we'll have some news. Maybe next about week. some NZ. Something. Some programming. Something. Cha- I, yeah. I, don't, can't, I can't really too much. It. Yeah. Uh, our legal counsel yeah. here at uh, the neutral zone, not going to be happy. Not, no. No. They're never happy with us. <laughs> no. We'd like to push it, especially when we're talking about West Rock Coffee. That's right. Like, Gold package, elephant on the front. We haven't brought that up in a while. No. D- yeah. Could you buy like um, like some Breckenridge beer? Could you buy that at King Supers? King Supers. I think so. Yeah, you could can. be nice. Yeah, could I think nice. you can buy that yeah. there. Yeah, I've heard that's good. I've heard that's really good. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Here. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. That's gonna do it for us. We'll be back next Thursday with a, a complete preview of the Broncos and Giants Week One. We've discussed it. It's a must-win game. So we'll be breaking that down next week. Until then, for Eric Dalla, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to the Neutral Zone. Neutral Zone.